This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel. Thanks to our sponsor, Travel World on King, and today, Barry Warwick. Hello. Hi, Jane. We're on the waterways. We're on the waterways, and I thought that we'd ask along um, an expert in the field, and uh, we'll have Troy join us from Avalon Waterways. Sounds good. So he can talk about the new ship that they've got, uh, that they've just launched, or, well, they are launching anyway. So, Troy, you're with us? Oh, indeed. Thank you very much. Now, Troy, um, Avalon Waterways has been around for a a little while, um, at least uh, most of your vessels are fairly new and you're launching a new one next year. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, by all means. Uh, one of the things that we've always prided ourselves on uh, at Avalon Waterways is the age and size of our fleet. Uh, we've currently got 10 vessels um, sailing the rivers of Europe at the moment, so 2010. And in 2011, we'll be introducing the Avalon Panorama, uh, which is our new sweet ship. Uh, again, a new ship is not necessarily anything new for us. We tend to do one or two a year, but the panorama will be completely unique to anything else that we have on the European waterways. Now, what ways will it be uh, be different? Um, the layout of the rooms or uh, just what, can you give us a little bit of a description on that? Yeah, by all means. Um, I suppose there's two really key differences with the panorama. Um, firstly, it, it's what we refer to as a sweet ship, and that basically means that the vast majority of the rooms on board are suite configuration. So if you take one of our current ships at the moment, uh, most of the rooms are state rooms at 172 square feet in size. The vast majority of the rooms, 64 in total, um, on the panorama for 2011 will be our panorama suites at 200 square metres. So again, much rather larger, larger rooms for the duration of the ship. Um, we're also introducing what we're referring to as the open-air balcony, uh, which is a completely new configuration of balcony for 2011, where the floor-to-ceiling window, which is approximately 11 square feet in size, actually opens up to a full 11, uh, sorry, a, a full 7 square feet, offering um, an outdoor, um, indoor balcony configuration. Now, you've done that basically to give passengers the idea of a balcony where uh, we're but the ships are always the same width because they've got to go through the lock. So it gives them a little bit of the best of both worlds, the balcony plus the um, the stateroom. Yeah, by all means. One of the things that we all struggle with with river cruising is basically trying to create as much space as we can, given the restrictions that we've got, as you mentioned, with uh, lock size. Uh, ships can only ever be a certain width. Um, and rather than cut into cabin space, uh, which you would have to do with a lot of the other uh, balcony products, what we've done is basically try to combine the best of both worlds. So... I suppose I need to make it clear that with our open-air balconies, there is no outdoor space for you to be able to step out and sit into. What we've effectively done is just given you the ability to throw the vast majority of the outside uh, window open uh, to be able to sort of introduce the outside into your room. So uh, we're not compromising cabin space, but you have uh, access to fresh air and, and views um, simply by opening the windows. Yeah, that's excellent. And um, have you changed around the bedding configuration in these rooms? Yeah, we have. Um, just sort of minor changes. We've basically, with the panorama, we have the beds situated um, facing the window. Um, so again, you know, should you be lying in the bed of an evening, you just have to throw open the, the, the blinds and, and, and Europe's right there in front of you. So just sort of minor changes like that. With the public spaces in the vessel, has there been any changes in that? 
Not particularly, no. Um, we've always been very comfortable with the amount of public space that we offer, so we didn't need to sort of tweak um, that configuration too much. Um, multitude of indoor um, viewing, sp- uh, sorry, platforms and viewing spaces, whether it be the main lounge at the front or the, or the back lounge, um, but also the sky deck on the top of the ship offering 360-degree views um, as, as Europe floats by. Yeah. Now, with the um, on the the space on top, um, do they is that closed at any times when you're going through any of the locks, or is it being configured so that you can sail through the locks without uh, having to shut that space down? Yeah, locks aren't so much of an issue. Um, more often than not, we're able to have clients out on the top deck um, experiencing the lock sort of firsthand uh, in the open air. Where we occasionally get issues with that top space is when we're going under bridges. Oh, okay. Um, occasionally, uh, passengers are asked to, to sort of go back into the lower levels of the ship uh, just for safety reasons, but that's the only real restriction we've got with that, with that outdoor space. Duck your head. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and um, with the, the space at the back, we might talk about that when we, uh, we come back in the next segment. Yeah, that, by all means. That will be the common space, the lounge spaces? That's it, yep. On 2NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel, and right now we're on the waterways of Europe. Barry Warwick. Yeah, and we've just uh, we got Troy as our guest, and uh, he's filling us in a little bit on the uh, Avalon Waterways vessels, which uh, they're launching this brand new one, and we thought we'd talk a little bit about the public space in this segment. The public space. <laughs> That's it, the lounge. So where you get to talk and chat with all the other guests on board. Now, Troy, you've got um, obviously a separate dining area uh, on the ship and then you've got two lounges, one at the forward of the ship and one at the rear of the ship. Correct, yeah. Is there any difference between the two of those? Yeah, what we effectively try and do with those spaces is they're, they're multi-purpose spaces. Um, you know, during the day they're, they're great just to be able to sit, sit and relax, um, you know, have your coffee, watch the world go by, um, all featuring panoramic um, floor-to-ceiling windows. So really good um, viewing platforms. I suppose the difference between the front and the back is the, the viewing platforms at the rear of the ship literally do give you that sort of 360 view out the, at the back of, of, um, of the vessel. So really good sort of vista of, of where you've been. And up the front of the ship, um, you know, slightly more tailored to, um, you know, viewing on the, on the sides of the ship. So with the, with the public spaces, the, the rear of the vessel... Is that used for entertainment of an evening, or is that concentrated more in the fo- more in the forward lounge? Yeah, that tends to be concentrated more in the forward lounge. The, 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 the lounge at the back, I suppose, has really just been reserved almost as a sort of a library or quiet type area. Uh, we have cappuccino machines and and sort of an all day. Um, snack bar available for people just to sort of retire and sort of sit and watch the world go by so I suppose if I was to define the two uh, the main one would be more for the entertainment and the various uh, lectures and and, and sessions that we offer Uh, the back one's more for for relaxation Right, and um, the food service on board um, they, obviously uh, you you have a bar operating what frequency does that bar operate? Yeah, so it offers, well for the 2010 product the the bar opens um, sort of around lunchtime and, and sort of closes of an evening depending on, on what's going on. Uh, for 2011, we're going to be offering a slightly different configuration. Uh, the bar will obviously operate as per normal, but we're also going to be including uh, the ability to purchase drinks packages. Oh, okay. Uh, so fairly unique for river cruising, fairly common for ocean cruising, but fairly unique for the river cruising market where clients can pre-purchase a drinks package, whether it be alcoholic or non-alcoholic, um, before they go. 
um, and then obviously, um, you know, it just makes it a lot easier in terms of having to transact uh, once you get over there. So this way the client actually knows what they're up for um, during the voyage rather than thinking, oh, well, I've got to put this much aside for drinks and entertainment, etc. Yeah, by all means. One of, the, one of the great benefits of river cruising is the fact that it's all-inclusive. Um, you know, once you pay your final amount that's included, uh, your, your meals are included in that, yeah, yeah. gratuities, uh, your port taxes, and now there's an option to sort of prepay your drinks as well. So with the exception of whatever you do on land, um, you know, there's really nothing that you need to be dipping your pocket into, uh, dipping into your pocket for should you, um, should you need to. Now, you, with the drinks, you tend to serve, um, spe- well, the, the local as you go through the countries, don't you? Yes. So um, as it currently stands, we, we offer regional wine, beer and soft drinks complimentary with our dinner service. So over the two-hour duration of our dinner service, they're offered complimentary with the meal. Uh, for 2011, we'll also be offering sparkling wine complimentary with breakfast, um, should anyone want to. Oh, that, that'll get the day off to a really good start, won't yeah, it? Yeah, that will get off the day to a very interesting start. So once they've had their, uh, the, the drinks package would then kick in for when they're relaxing after the, the meal, they move up to the lounge for the meal. Yes, by all means. Yes, yeah. so um, yeah, it just gives them that option throughout the day um, around mealtime should they want to have um, you know, drinks that they're, they're able to do so. Now also most of the touring, uh, the shore excursions are, are included, but there are optionals that people can buy, aren't there? Yes. Uh, one of the things that people forget with, with river cruising is obviously the focus tends to be on the, the, the actual experience that you have on board. But um, obviously one of the many benefits is, is the fact that there's a lot of land content included as well. What we tend to do is we'll always offer um, a complimentary city tour any time we pull into a port, whether it be a small German town or one of the major cities. And that will either be a walking tour or a coach tour, um, always conducted by a, a local expert. Um, but what we try and do is sort of leverage that with uh, a lot of free time or optional activities should people want to go um, out and do that. Um, really just trying to create unique experiences. So if you want to get involved in, in everything, um, there's plenty to do. But if you want to take it a little bit more relaxed, um, you know, there's, there's not a lot on your plate. That's excellent. Now, I suppose when people think of river cruising, they think mainly of the Rhine and the Danube, but uh, you actually operate into other areas as well. What are some of the other areas that um, you have river cruising? Yeah, in uh, in Europe, we, we sail on six different rivers. So we have the, the Seine River, so going out of Paris up towards the Normandy landing beaches. That was new for 2010 and has proven exceptionally popular. Uh, we also have the, the Seine and the Rhone River, um, sailing down through Burgundy and Provence down to the Côte d'Azur, which is, is also incredibly popular. But as you said, the Rhine from Amsterdam through to Basel, uh, the Moselle River from the, the, um, the top of France through to Germany, um, and then the Marne River as well. Uh, leaving Europe, we also have river cruising in China, uh, in Egypt, and small ship cruising out of South America to the Galapagos Islands. Ah, so it covers a pretty wide area, so there's something there for everyone. Yeah, by all means, and we, we have cruises that start from four days, uh, going right up to 28 days, depending on uh, duration and preference. Oh, that's excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Troy. Excellent, yeah. thank you for having me. Troy Ackerman and, and uh, Avalon Waterways is the company we've been talking about and the ships that uh, that they offer. Cruising, river cruising. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Barry Warwick. And we've been talking travel. We'll be doing it again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM 103.7.